the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. For our lesson this morning, let me um, invite your attention to 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse number 1. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. Amen. This passage, as we pick up here, allows us to continue a series of messages that we began a few uh, weeks ago, and it's called the Seven Sermon Series, Summarizing the Life of David. We began First Samuel chapter 16 with the selection of David uh, with a sub-idea, he sees the best in you. And then from there, we went and looked at the psalmist David with a sub-idea, your gift will make room for you. And last week, we looked at the slingshot of David with the sub-idea, slaying giant enemies. This morning, I want to look at the idea, the soul knitting together with David, with the sub-idea, having a covenant companion. This passage tells a very awkward and unusual story. This relationship that we're going to see develop between Jonathan and David is a strange relationship. It is one that is not a homosexual relationship, but it is divine relationship that God works out. And it's a relationship that, if nothing other, needs the divine help of God to understand and as well to explain. And so I'm praying even now for the help of the Lord to help me to make this clear. What happens in this story is that David has just come back from the battlefield. He is 15 years old or so. And while all the other soldiers were just standing around while Goliath was talking trash, David came along with his slingshot and 
under the divine anointing and under the power of God, he utilizes one of the five smooth stones taking out of the brook that was shaping those stones for such a time as that, that they might be used by God in the slingshot of a boy to slay a giant that nobody else wanted to even come close to nor approach. David then takes Goliath's sword and chops off Goliath's head. He then reaches down, picks up the giant head, and he's on his way back to the king's place. And he gets in front of the king, and he's got the giant head dripping with the blood of a giant Goliath. And he's standing before the king, and the king wants to know, who are you and where'd you come from? Wait a minute, Pastor, didn't David play for Saul? Wasn't he the one that came and played for him when the distressing spirit from the Lord came upon him? Yes, he's the same one. But somehow, a Saul doesn't recognize David in this image, in this anointing, in this power. He looks different. And he wants to know, who are you and who is your family? Well, he should have known who he was because he's been playing in front of him, but he doesn't see him the same way. Who are you? And where'd you come from? Who are your family? And so in the midst of this conversation, the text says, while that happens, God knits his heart together with Jonathan. First movement here in this text that I see is the coming together of the brave. These young men are both very brave in that they allow what God is going to do to happen. We know that David is a brave man because when all the army wouldn't go against Goliath, David was brave in the power and in the authority of God. And he goes and he, he attacks and he fights the giant. At the same time, I think there's a braveness that happens within Jonathan because Jonathan, he's not going to resist what God is going to do in knitting his heart together with another young man and not being ashamed to act on that which God is getting ready to do. And then he's going to follow through with the promptings of God to to be used by God, even in spite of what others might perceive about the whole thing. This thing that happens here in the text, look there, it says, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit together to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. There's no indication in the text that there's any developmental relationship between David and Jonathan. David came to the house only to play for Saul. And when Saul was okay, David was sent back home. At this instant, God knits their hearts together and Jonathan loves David supernaturally that he begins to have this love for David that he has for his own soul. And as I look into this text, I understand that when God anoints someone for a purpose, he has a tendency to knit other folk together with them to help them accomplish what he has divinely planned for them. And I know it seems a little weird here in the text and perhaps it even seems weird in your own life, but I believe the reason why we don't get the help that God has sent us and we don't accept the knitting together is because we have a tendency to want to be independent. 
believe will happen sometimes is that God will send people to us or he'll knit us with someone, but we don't want to accept the knitting of God. God sews them, weaves them, their hearts together, and we can't comprehend it. And for some of us, we just don't want it. In other words, I don't really need your help. So step away from me. Leave me alone. I can handle this thing all by myself. I'm the kind of person, you know, I grew up kind of being independent and I, you know, I, I learned how to do things for myself and I don't like to depend on folk. I don't like nobody to help me with nothing. And so what God had to do to me, he had to help me understand that the anointed purpose I have for you, you're going to need some help. You're going to need some people that I'm going to knit to you and they're going to be there to support and to encourage you. For many of us, what we do is when those people come or, or when we happen to be the person, we have a tendency to pull away or push away. And here we are off trying to do what God has called us to do in the strength of our own, not using the support God has sent. But what I had to learn to understand is that if I do all those things myself, then I'm being distracted from what God has anointed me to do. And I can't reach the level that he wants me to reach because I'm too busy doing the stuff for myself. Y'all see that? So these two get knit together and Jonathan, is, he becomes David's eyes and ears inside the palace. Jonathan becomes the one who tells uh, David when Saul is getting ready to attack him. And Saul has these negative attentions about David and how he's going to destroy him. But Jonathan becomes the one that says to David, David, you need to get out of here because my daddy's going to try to kill you. He becomes his protection. He becomes the one that God uses to encourage him. And let me help you with this one because as you operate and function in ministry and you're doing what God has ordained for you to do, you're going to need some encouragement along the way. Ministry is very discouraging. It's going to be some days, but God has a way of knitting folk to you who will call you up and say, I'm just thinking about you, praying for you. I've got your back. I care about you and I love you. Is there anything I can do to help you? God has a way of bringing people in your life like that. Jonathan becomes that kind of a support to David and God has a way of putting folk in your life and around you, knitting people to you that will protect you, that will encourage you, that will serve to be your help in life. Amen. And in ministry and in your anointed purpose. And so verse one, knit it together, souls um, sewn together by God and, and sewn together in such a way that they, that Jonathan loved him as his own soul. That phrase gave me the understanding of how the ancients described friendship. They, they described friendship like this friendship. It produces an entire sameness. It is one soul in two bodies. I mean, when your souls are so connected and so knit together that it's like one soul acting in two different bodies. In other words, it's like you got another one of you over here that's helping you to do what needs to be done. So after we see this coming together of the brave, uh, the next movement I think here in the text is the covenant that's being made. Verse number two. Number two. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Because Jonathan loved David, it, it led him to make a covenant. Because of the compassion, because of the supernatural connection, it led them to enter into agreement with each other that we're going to be brothers forever. It was a common type of covenant that was made in those days. They called it a brotherly covenant, if you will. And they would come together and they would enter into this verbal covenantal agreement with each other that we're going to look out for each other. And 
in Jonathan and David's case, it doesn't just end here in this particular verse, number three. It doesn't end there, but watch this. It is going to happen. It's going to be reaffirmed again later in chapter 20. David is going to reaffirm with Jonathan this oath all over again. Uh, in other words, we, we agreed to be brothers, and, and they reaffirm it again in chapter 20, somewhere around verse 3. And then in, in chapter 20, verses 15 and 17, what's going to happen is they're going to take the covenant up to another level because chapter 20, verse number 15, it says, But you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord has cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. And so Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David saying, let the Lord require it at the hand of David. And Jonathan, and again, calls David to vow because he loved him for he loved him as he loved his own soul. The, the covenant goes up to another level. Now it's not just you and I that are covenanted together and, and the covenant is extended, if you will, to you take care of my family. I know that you're going to be king. I know God's going to do an awesome work in your life. And what I want you to do is that when you get to where you're going, when you get to the, the, the end of your anointing and God has, has laid down all your enemies, don't forget about me. Don't forget about my children. Don't forget about my family. Let our families be bound together in this covenant and they enter into a vow, they enter into further covenant together that David will continue to take care of the very family of Jonathan. Uh, David makes this covenant with Jonathan and, and he says, in essence, he says, look, um, the way the covenant is going to read chapter 20, verse 42, it says, may the Lord be between us and our descendants forevermore. They come together and there's a covenant that is being made and the covenant is a binding uh, type of agreement. In this particular case, it is divinely driven. It's not driven based on the emotions of David and Jonathan. It is driven by, by God in order that God might fulfill what he's, what he's doing in the anointed life of David. Because David is going to become king and Jonathan, who has the rightful position, is, is going to be the supporter of the king. Y'all see that? So there's the, the coming together of the brave. There is the, um, there's the covenant that's being made. And the last thing here in the text, um, verse number four, is the cost that is going to have to be paid. Because in covenant relationships, in having souls knit together, there's a cost involved in the coming together. If you look there, verse number four, it says, And Jonathan took off his robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor even to his sword and his bow and his belt. This covenant relationship is costly. It's not a relationship that's going to be entered into lightly. And when you become knit with somebody and you love them like you love your own soul, it's a costly relationship. First of all, what Jonathan does, he gives up his robe. The, the text says, and Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and he gave it to David. Now, I need to take it up to another level and help you to understand the depth of what's happening here in the text. The cost that Jonathan is paying when he gives up these things, when he enters into this covenant relationship. Because what Jonathan does is he's wearing a robe, but his robe is not a generic robe. His robe is not a robe that you can order from the robe store. It's not a robe that you can walk in the Christian bookstore and say, I like that robe. It's not one of them robes that the choir members wear. It's not one of the robes that, that the pastor wears. No, this robe is a unique robe. This robe is laden with gold. This robe says he's royal. 
royal. This robe says he belongs to the king. He's the king's son. He, the robe says he's entitled to be king when the king dies. This robe is valuable. This robe is costly. This robe is pricey. It's, it's a robe that in order to give it up says that I'm giving up more than just material possession. In other words, if I took off my princely robe and I gave it to you, then what I'm saying is I'm giving up my right to ascend to the throne. And what Jonathan is doing is he's saying to David, David, I know I'm entitled to be king because my daddy is the king. And I'm, I'm entitled by birthright to, to be the next to ascend to the throne. But David, what I realize now about the divine ability of God, I realize that even though I'm the king that has right to the throne, you're the anointed king. And so I'm going to step aside for the anointed king. Sometimes you might have a right to the position, but there's another person that's anointed for the position. And you need to just step aside and say, I know I got a right to be the next leader, but you're anointed for the spot. And I'm going to let you go ahead and walk in your anointing. And rather than me tearing you down because you're taking the spot, I'm going to get up underneath you and encourage you in the spot. Just because you're not the leader doesn't make you any less. If you're in the ministry, what you need to do is get up under the leader and support the leader and encourage the leader and pray for the leader and watch out for the leader and help the leader. Don't tear them down because they're not doing it your way. Don't tear them down because your idea didn't fly. No, get under them and encourage them and support them and help them. If they're anointed for the spot, God's going to do it anyhow. You're not fighting against them. You're fighting against God. And you're going fight against God as long as you want to but you ain't never gonna win the text says not only did he give David his robe it says he gave him his armor armor for a prince his armor would have been made by the best metalsmith his armor would have been made in such an extraordinary secure way because what you're trying to do is to make sure that the prince has the best protection and has been made specifically and exactly to fit him. The, the armament that was made to protect him, to, to make sure that he would be able to ascend to the kingship when his daddy died, he takes it off and he gives it to David. Now what he's doing is now, as he's taking off this armor, he's taking off the protection of himself and he's giving it to someone else whom God has knit him to, to make sure that he succeeds. Can I, can I just put a plug in right here? God will knit you together with people who are going to go farther than you can go. And so what you do is you give what you can, even if it makes you vulnerable. Because where they're going is going to be to the benefit of everybody. See, a whole lot of folk don't want to see no other people succeed, so they do what they can to bring them down. And while we're trying to bring them down, what we're really doing is bringing down the whole kingdom of God. And so what we really need to do is, is find a way in which you might have to give up some things that might be of benefit to you, that might be helpful to you, that's going to really help them because when they get help, they're anointed for the spot and you're going to help them ascend to where they're going and when they ascend to where they're going, it's really going to be a blessing to you. Jonathan gives up his robe, he gives up his armor, he gives up his sword and his bow. But the last thing here in the text that says he gives up is his belt. The belt is the most significant of the pieces of the armor of a soldier. Because on the belt hinge all the other pieces of the armament. The belt one is a very intimate piece of garment. It's called a girdle. 
Jonathan is going to give this intimate piece of garment to David. But him giving up the belt says that I don't have anything now to hook my own armor on. And I'm giving away the armor. And I'm giving you, David, everything you need. Because I'm sewn together with you. I'm hooked up together with you. And I love you like I love my own soul. And David, I'm giving you everything, even all the way down to my belt, so that when you put on that belt, every other piece of armor can hook to that belt. I just want us to understand there's a cost that's being paid when you're woven together, when you're knit together with somebody else and for the purpose of accomplishing God's kingdom will. Now, there's another cost that's being paid. Chapter 20, verse 40 and verse through 42. David is getting ready to get chased by Saul and Jonathan is on the inside. He's telling them all the things that are going on and Jonathan is going to let David know whether his father is angry or set and whether his father's intentions are towards him. And he finds out that his father's intentions toward David are, are evil and negative and he wants to kill him. And so what Jonathan is going to do, he's going to come and let David know the, the bad news. But this also brings us into another cost. If you look there in chapter 20, verse 40 through 42, it says, Then Jonathan gave his weapon to the lad and said to him, Go and carry them into the city. And as soon as the lad had gone, David arose from a place toward uh, the south, and he fell on his face to the ground, and he bowed down three times, and they kissed one another, and they wept together, but David wept more. And then Jonathan said to David, go in peace, since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, may the Lord be between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. So he arose and he departed and Jonathan went into the city. Uh, Here is another cost that's involved with this covenant type relationship, the cost of letting that person go. You've helped them for a season, but the season or the time comes where you've got to let them go and you've got to let them go on to where God has for them to go. I know you want them to be with you because y'all been friends for a long time but sometimes because your friend's anointed position is in another place or the time or the season of their a journey goes, takes them somewhere else you've got to be willing to let them go so that they can do what God has ordained for them to do. Sometimes this happens even in marriages where one spouse or the other has a position that God is trying to take them to but the other spouse is not feeling it. I'm not feeling that because I don't want you to be able to to get ahead of me or so one may hold the other back but every now and then what God will do is put you in a position where you've got to cut some ties I'm not talking about getting divorced I'm talking about where you got to let the person go on to do what God has ordained for them to do you can't be holding them back because part of the love relationship that you have in being knit together is loving them enough to let them go on to accomplish what God has David and Jonathan have to break up I would think based on what The cost Jonathan has paid that Jonathan would be the one that would be crying the most. But the text says that David cried even more because David realized the cost that Jonathan was paying to be knit together to him. And as I looked at this text, I can't help but think about the cost that was paid to knit us together with Christ. God came down from heaven. He gave up his royal robe in heaven so that you and I could wear his royal righteous robe so that people can look at us and know that we are the children of the living God, that we are royal priesthood, that we've got right to the kingship. He took off his robe and gave us his robe. He Watch this. He took off his armor and protected us with his armor. He, he clothed us in righteousness and he gave us even down to his belt. He gave us the very truth so that we could be knit together with him. And then he loved us so much, he was willing to leave us 
He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I'm coming again to receive you to myself. I love you too much to be gone too long, but I'm coming back to get you. He loves us so much that he's willing to let us go and pay the cost of letting us go, but yet come back and get us again. The soul knitting that we see, the soul knitting of Jonathan together with David is one that I believe that is of the pattern of God. And, and if you think, well, pastor, I don't really need nobody to be sold together with me. Watch this. Jesus had a, a knitted together partner, John himself. You know, they said, and John loved him. He loved John. And John was the one that laid his head upon his breast. That wasn't sexual or sensual. It was a divine knitting together of the soul. And John served a, a, a facet of the ministry to aid Christ in accomplishing what God sent him to do. If you can't imagine yourself being knit together with some other human being, at least surrender to the knitting together with God. Because Jesus gave everything he had so that you and I might be knit together with him. That we might become one body in Christ Jesus. One mind, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Hi folks, Don Crow here for Cross International. Did you know that half of all the children in Haiti... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.